You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome to the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after a 4-3 Braves win. It got a little bit tense at times, but the Braves able to find the runs they needed late and rally for a series opening win down in Miami. And as it happens, Jake, it comes on a good night in which the Mets lose. So that means the Braves make up some ground and we've got a lot to talk about on how they did that. And of course, to get set for a doubleheader on Saturday. Before we jump into it all, I want to remind you to subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Enable those alerts so you'll get notifications every time we drop a new episode. And make sure you're following everything going on with Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Well, Jake, I think that we saw that the Braves just find a way, it seems, in this head-to-head battle with Miami more times than not. But the cast of characters on this night was a little bit different. It was some Mississippi Braves alumni <laughs> put the Braves on top for good. Yeah, I mean, this definitely falls under the category of it's a win and a win is a win. But you're right. It just seems like the Marlins always play the Braves kind of tough. But the Braves, for their credit, usually come out on top of these and they were able to do that tonight. But not the prettiest of wins, but it is a win. And like you said, take make some ground on the Mets. So that's always a great night. I may have said this on the show before, but it's been told to me by baseball people who've seen far more games than I have, and that is that you can win ugly, but you can't really lose pretty. So the Braves will take this one in game number 113. Let's talk about it. Braves now 67 and 46, 21 games over 500, four runs, eight hits, no errors, three men left. The Marlins dropped to 50 and 62 on the season, three runs, 12 hits, no errors. They left 13 runners on base. You want to circle a stat that tells the story of this night. It's a left on base for the Miami club, most certainly. Tyler Matzik picks up the win in relief. He's 2-2. Two and two. Eliezer Hernandez takes a loss. He served up a home run to Michael Harris II. And Hernandez drops to 2-6. and six. Kinley Jansen. It was bend but don't break in the ninth inning. A couple of walks, but he was able to get out of trouble. 25th save of the year. Game lasted three hours and 37 minutes. And I feel like that final 37 minutes was the bottom of the ninth inning. Crowd at 10,459 were on hand to see it. Home runs from Matt Olson and Michael Harris in this one. But... You know, Jake, like you said, it wasn't the prettiest of all wins, but this Braves bullpen really had to grind it out over the final five frames because you only got four innings from Jake Odorizzi in a start in which he needed 87 pitches just to get through those four frames. Yeah, not a great outing from Odorizzi. Obviously, two outings now, still relatively small sample size, at least with the Braves. But when you got him, look, nobody was expecting him to be a top of the rotation arm, but you're looking for him to be better than Ian Anderson was in that fifth spot and through two starts. I don't think you can say that. So again, he's going to get another opportunity. I think tomorrow's start for Ian Anderson becomes even bigger now for him, especially with the news to Max Freed. But uh, yeah, not a great outing from, from Oda Rizzi. You especially don't want this when you're starting four games in three days and you have a double header the next day and Snit trying to manage that bullpen. Yeah. And I know he's trying to avoid using some of his higher leverage guys in this game but he had to the score dictated it was too close of a game Pablo Lopez a good pitcher I thought the Braves offense did a pretty good job of battling him through five and two-thirds innings getting him out of there but yeah it really comes down to the pitching in this game pitching staff gave up 12 hits and six walks how they only gave up three runs I do not know well it goes back to one for 14 with runners in scoring position for the Marlins and eight strikeouts, like you mentioned, Kenley Jansen walking two in the ninth. It was it was a tough, 
hard-fought win. I mean, it felt like pulling teeth at times with this pitching staff. Not many clean innings in there, but like you said, came out on top at the end, and that's all that really matters. Yeah, it really is. So Jake Odorizzi in his second start in a Braves uniform. Four innings, eight hits, two runs. Both of them earned only one walk, only two strikeouts. But you look at eight hits and four innings, you're fortunate, I think, to only give up a couple of runs, one of which was on a solo home run. But 87 pitches to get through four frames is hardly the economical start that Odorizzi, Brian Snitker, and the Braves were looking for on this night. The bullpen, though, they did make it work, allowing just one run over the final five frames. Now, for the Braves' offense, it was kick-started by Matt Olson in the fourth inning with home run number 22 of the year for him. I don't know if anybody's come down on that ivy to pick up that baseball yet. I've been wondering about that all night. I'm sure somebody will get to it. Uh, be that as it may, Dansby Swanson tied this thing up with a sack fly in the sixth inning, the speed of Michael Harris once again on display. And then it was the bat of Michael Harris that was on display in the eighth inning. A Vaughn Grissom double got the Braves started. Then a two-run homer from Michael Harris the second put the Braves on top. Their first lead of the game, it didn't come until the eighth inning. But as it happened, those two runs, Jake, were what the Braves needed to not only grab a lead but also grab a win. And it's great to see the young kids were getting involved. Two of the youngest players in baseball helped the Braves win on this night. Yeah, I mentioned the other night, just loving seeing the interaction between those two. I mean, they're having fun. They're 21 years old at the big league level playing for a team that just won the World Series and you're playing you know, over a postseason contender. And they're not they're not letting it affect them in the slightest, just coming out playing their game. And it truly was, you know, it was Michael Harris tonight. I know Von Grissom had the double to get it going, but you talked about the speed. You know, great job by Dansby to put the ball in play there with two strikes against Pablo Lopez, who's just bearing that sinker in on right-handed mm -hmm. hitters, and he's able to muscle that out of the center field. If it wasn't Harris or Acuna or, or Grissom, I don't know anybody else scores on that ball, yeah. but thankfully the speed of Harris was able to get that in, a big run there to tie that game up. And then I thought Harris, it looked like with Grissom on second, a leadoff double, you know, he was trying to play, yep. you know, pull the ball to the right side mm -hmm. there, play a little small ball. And pitcher messed up, left one down the middle of the plate there with two strikes, and he did not miss it. I mean, he put a dent up there on that deck in, in right field. Uh, so really great swing from him. And just, again, fun to see those two kids, you know, 21 years old, again, getting it done, playing a big role for this Braves team. Yeah, off the facing of the facade of the second deck for Michael Harris. I mean, he was trying to hit the ball to the right side, Jake, and in fact, he did. He hit it over the right field wall and over the whole first deck of spectators there at Lone Depot Park. So a big hit from Michael Harris. Some good work out of the bullpen. I feel like it was one of those bend-but-don't-break kind of nights, to use that phrase again. The Braves were able to piece it together. They were able to make it work, and a 4-3 final score was the result of that. I do want to talk about a couple of other you know, uh, stars or notable things in this game, of course. I won't call it a star of the game, but we've talked a lot about Eddie Rosario and what he can mean to the Braves down the stretch. Two more hits for Eddie in this game I thought was great to see, and I know he was lifted a little bit later on in this contest, but if Eddie Rosario gets things going, the Braves have themselves a pretty formidable outfield when you start thinking about the offensive potential. Ronald Acuna Jr. over on the night, but the way he's put things together on this road trip, it makes you feel like the Braves are starting to put a few things on the table and, and maybe start eating good in the final 50 or so games. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it wasn't a powerful night from this offense, four runs, but went up against a very good pitcher in Pablo Lopez. And this is really what I'm looking for with this offense down the stretch when they go up against good pitchers like Pablo Lopez. Do they make him work? Are they putting consistently good bats against him? And I thought for the most part, they did. Not a lot of strikeouts in this game for the Braves offense, just six strikeouts. Weren't able to generate any walks, but Again, for the most part, I thought the offense was okay in this game considering the pitching that they're going up against. We know the Marlins have 
great pitching. But I do like what I'm seeing from Rosario. You're seeing him hit the ball with power to the right center field gap, and you're starting to see him dunk some balls into left field. You saw it with two strikes tonight. Broken bat single just kind of puts the bat on the ball, flips it out into left field for a hit. You know That's really what he was doing at the end of last year and in the postseason, just kind of hitting the ball a little bit all over the place, putting the bat on the ball and getting hits, finding holes. And uh, again, if we get that version of Eddie Rosario back, I feel really great about the depth of this, this lineup. Yeah, and I think that power is going to start showing up for Rosario as well. It was really the bat-to-ball skills that he needed to show were back where he needed them to be after that eye surgery, and I think we're starting to see that over the last couple of weeks, really uh, since the All-Star break, most certainly. Let me tell you about Coffee AM. It's the official sponsor of the Braves postcast. Coffee AM is an Atlanta-based small-batch coffee roaster, and you can go over to coffeeam.com right now, coffeeam.com slash locked on, and take a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. You can also save 15% off your order by using the coupon code locked on. So go over there, check out the coffees, the teas, the gift sets, all the stuff they've got over there for you. It is some really great coffee, great way to start your day. I do. I'll be starting my day before tomorrow's double header with some coffee AM to get me going for what's going to be a full day of Braves baseball. So go check them out. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Now let's talk about a little bit of news of the day, Jake. We don't usually do a news segment, but I think it bears some updating of some injuries for Atlanta. Max Freed was placed on the seven-day IL for concussion-like symptoms. Kelly Crawl of Bally Sports during the broadcast had a really good update from Max that he was feeling pretty much okay in the aftermath of that tumble that he took up at City Field, but then began to get a little bit of headachey and then started to feel the effects when he was throwing on the side. So the Braves decided to go ahead and make that move. It's retroactive, but there is not an exact timetable. You want to have Max Freed back for the Mets series, but we just don't know if that's going to be the case. And to make matters worse, we were hoping to see Travis Darno sometime this weekend. And according to Kelly's report, we're not going to see Travis Darno in this Marlins series either. So, Jake, a couple of big players, particularly Freed as far as the figurehead of your pitching staff, but also not having Travis Darno as you're trying to go toe-to-toe with the number one team in the division. These are a couple of notable absences for the Braves. We'll see what the case is for both these men as we get closer to that four-game set with the Mets that is looming. And the Braves picked up a game on New York thanks to a loss to the Phillies for the Metropolitans. And, of course, the Braves win in Miami. But a lot to unpack right there, as they say. Yeah. Um, look, it's crazy to think that coming into the year, the Braves could be without Travis Darno and Manny Pena, and you'd feel pretty good about their catching situation. But I think that's how good William Contreras has been, not just at the plate, but behind the plate as well. You saw tonight Jansen was struggling. You see Contreras go out there trying to calm him down. I think he's made – great leaps behind the plate as far as what he's doing controlling a game and what he's done defensively but you mentioned it the big loss here is is max freed uh, look in my opinion i don't want to be over dramatic i don't know the braves go very far in the postseason without max freed when you look at some of the other rotations in the yeah. national league i mean if they don't have max at the top of the rotation being their ace i don't i don't really know how far the braves can go in the postseason so yes i'd love to have him back for this Mets series but I think most importantly, and I think you would agree, we just need Max Freed back healthy, um, you know, whenever that is. Hopefully it's soon. Hopefully it's still in this Mets series. I mean, I, I believe he could pitch as early as Monday uh, with retroactivating it to the eighth. So, uh, again, this is scary for Max Freed. Concussions are very scary. So we obviously pray and hope the best for him and his health. And as a Braves fan, as the Braves teams go, you, you got to have him at the top of your rotation. Yeah, no, all of those things are true, of course. We hope a very speedy recovery and that Max Free can have those symptoms in the rearview mirror as soon as possible. You'd love to have him back for that Mets series. We just don't know 
if that's going to be the case as of right now. And Kelly's report, she did say that Max had told her that it was the first concussion that he had suffered in his career. So he had no real prior experience with this. So this is an all new thing for him. And like you said, it can be kind of scary, of course. And uh, again, hopefully a speedy recovery for Max Free, get him back on the mound and get him back out there. But wanted to be feeling good and 100% when he does do that. So we got to set you up for a double header that's going to be coming your way on Saturday before we do that. And a reminder, as always, to make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get $50 off a purchase of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Just use the code Locked On. That is code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. Well, Jake, let's talk a little bit about this doubleheader as we believe that we had a pretty good idea of how things were going to go coming into this series. But as things happen, injuries and plans can change, and injuries can change plans. And that's what's happened to the Braves in their doubleheader on Saturday. It will now be Kyle Muller coming up from AAA Gwinnett to throw the first game and Ian Anderson sliding back to throw the second game. It's not because of Spencer Strider, but because of Kyle Wright, who's dealing with some arm fatigue, according to Justin Toscano of the AJC. He talked to Wright after the game. He said he isn't really overly concerned about it, but the Braves are concerned enough about it to move Kyle Wright, and thus I think they needed Spencer Strider to jump back a day. But as far as the doubleheader is concerned, it's Kyle Muller in Game 1, Ian Anderson in Game 2, but a shuffling of the cards for the Braves here heading into that doubleheader, Jake. Yeah, not surprising with Kyle Wright. You know, it was down two miles per hour on his fastball last start. That's a pretty big drop. That's significant enough to take a look at that. So probably the smart move here. Hopefully it is nothing major. I think you had to be very cautious of that with him and Spencer Strider down the stretch here. I know Wright threw over 140 innings last year. He's been around 130 now. So uh, just got to be cognizant of that, and I think that's what they're doing here. But an opportunity for Kyle Muller, who, look, I think had he not broken his non-throwing hand a while back, we may have seen him already at this point because he was throwing that well at Gwinnett. So an opportunity for him, an opportunity for Ian Anderson because with these injuries, you know, he was supposed to be optioned down to Gwinnett, but here's the 27th man. Uh, it's an opportunity for him as well to kind of right the ship and get on a, a good roll and show that he's made some improvements, hopefully, uh, during this past week and that he can, you know, get a spot back in that rotation. So, uh, you know, it's really an opportunity for both guys here yeah. who who can step up, who can put a good outing together. And the Braves need one after they had to use some of their key guys in the yeah. bullpen on Friday night. So hopefully they have some good outings. Hopefully the offense puts up a lot of runs, but either way you want to get it done. Hopefully the Braves come away with a a doubleheader sweep on Saturday. Yeah. They could use a couple of good outings, one from Kyle Muller and one from Ian Anderson to help him grab that doubleheader sweep. Uh, Muller pitched just one time. It was way back on May the 1st. That was kind of an emergency start as well out in Texas. He got hit up for seven earned runs and two and two thirds innings, bunch of walks in that game. But let me tell you, Kyle Muller down in Gwinnett this year, there haven't been a bunch of walks. He's looked really good. If not for that you know, fluke injury of, of of suffering a broken bone on his non-throwing hand, I think we might have seen him up with the struggles of Ian Anderson. But Muller, 5-6 and six this year, throw that out the window. 327 ERA in 17 games started for Gwinnett. 122 strikeouts and 99 innings pitched and only 27 walks. I think he's really turned a corner. A great opportunity for Kyle Muller, the big lefty who the Braves saw last year and are hoping to see more big things from him. And as you mentioned, Jake, it's a time in which the Braves really need some guys to step up. You've got Max Freed down on the concussion IL, Kyle Wright feeling a little bit of fatigue. So, you know, as you're trying to chase down the Mets, uh, they're not going to let off the throttle, I think, whatsoever. The Braves are going to have to deal with the curveballs being thrown at them as they shuffle the deck a little bit 
on the pitching side of things. But that is a doubleheader tomorrow that will feature Kyle Muller in Game 1, Ian Anderson in Game 2. Game 1 is set for a 1.10 p.m. Eastern time first pitch at Lone Depot Park. Then they'll empty the whole place out, you know, all those fans, and then they'll bring them all back in in Game 2. 7.10 p.m. Eastern time is the first pitch uh, for the Braves and Marlins as they complete that twin bill. And that completes our comedy segment for the evening. <laughs> As always, this is the Braves Postcast, part of the all-new Lockdown Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. and Make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, the Braves with a 4-3 win over the Miami Marlins. Good to see that. They'll be looking for two on Saturday and perhaps another one on Sunday and try to get all of the momentum they can heading into a four-game set against the New York Mets. He's Jake Mastriani. I'm Grant McCauley. We will talk to you later this weekend here on the Braves Postcast. And until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 